our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah Soft, made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com. This is Megan and Stacy. Welcome to another What We're Cooking and Eating Now episode. These episodes are bite-sized digests of what we're actually cooking at home and feeding our families right now. We share six meal ideas, which you can turn into your own meal plan for next week. We share links to the specific recipes that we mention in our free community, where you can get even more dinner ideas in our weekly meal planning thread, aka you should be there hanging out with us. Like literally the best place. We may have launched this by the time this episode <laughs> airs. Maybe not. But we have a new meal plan coming to our supporting community too. So check out both the free discussion board to get this week's links. And more details about our supporting membership can be found at didn'tijustfeedyou.com backslash community. Okay, Billis, tell us what you've been cooking this week. Okay. I feel like it's that time. It's actually the very early side of that transition from winter yeah. to spring, right? So warm, cozy meals, but not super duper heavy, moving a little bit away from just like root vegetables, just a little bit. You know, soon in the coming weeks, I'm excited to start using some of that like green early spring produce. Uh, one of the first things I made was a recipe from none other than the New York Times. You guys know by now. I <laughs> I actually want to pause on that for a minute because okay. having listened, when I listen back to the What We're Cooking and Eating Now episodes, I realized that both of us actually, but especially me, I mentioned uh, cooking, the New York Times cooking app a lot. And what I think this reflects is a tip that we have said and I just want to highlight to everyone listening that this is our tip actually being used by us in real time. Don't have a thousand different recipe sources. It's right. too overwhelming. Even for us where, you know, we can look at a recipe and within a minute tell if it's, you know, probably going to work out or not. We know the different sources, like whose recipes are really reliable and which are maybe a little bit iffy, but it looks good. Like keep your recipe sources pretty limited because if you're someone who meal plans or you want to get better at some form of meal planning that works for you, trying to pull from like five different sites because you want to have five different meals that you want to plan for or, you know, write a shopping list for is so overwhelming. It's just Talk about time decision for that. decision fatigue. Totally. Not into it. It is okay to just have a handful of sources. And then when you want to branch out because you're getting boring, I really recommend going to your cookbooks because online is just a place where you're going to go down the rabbit hole. So, you know, grab a book that you haven't picked up in a while, something that appeals and pick one or two recipes from there. Don't be afraid 
to grab more than one recipe from a single source. Yes. Can I add while we're giving meal planning tips that one thing I started doing last year and has been very helpful to me in meal planning is selecting sort of like when a season starts or when when I feel that shift, selecting like three to five cookbooks from my collection. I should use the library. I just... I don't have a good habit around that yet. Um, And I put them on my desk where I typically meal plan. And even if I have an idea where I'm like, oh, I'm going to put tacos on this night, I will reach for one of those books to pull a recipe from before I go down the rabbit hole of like recipe apps or totally Pinterest. Oh my God, Pinterest is so overwhelming. There's so much. And then it gives like good it gives me like a good grounding to like, these are the cup handful of books I'm cooking from and inspired by right now without having to search through my whole catalog. Totally. Okay. So New York Times cooking, <laughs> one of my go-to <laughs> sources. They have a recipe called creamy spinach artichoke chicken stew. And here I'm going to read you the first line. This creamy chicken stew is spinach artichoke dip reimagined as a simple stovetop braise. Done. It says more. Who cares? I didn't read it. You're that sold already. got me. And I will make this recipe again, and I'm going to walk you guys through it because I think that it's a process that you can kind of adapt any way you want. But it isn't because it's a braise. It wasn't as thick and creamy as I wanted. But why? I don't need my braise to be thick and creamy. I think I still had spinach artichoke dip in my mind. You want dip for dinner. <laughs> There was this moment of like, wait a minute. So anyway, that sentence is what pulled me in and is also what did the recipe in for me. But I will make it again. But it's it's great. It was also a reminder, just in case anyone needs this. We have a whole episode on braising. But you can braise you know, boneless, skinless chicken thighs. You don't need it to be bone in. It doesn't need to be hard. You know, you don't have to necessarily brown meat ahead of time. Those are all pretty typical of a braise. But this, you basically like melt butter, saute onion and celery, right? And then you like garlic too, whatever your aromatics are. Then you pour in some stock and wine You bring it to a bubble, and then you add the chicken thighs, boneless, skinless chicken thighs, and you're just going to let them cook until they get really soft. You add some other things like red pepper flakes and lemon juice. Then you simmer for 20 minutes. Then you add the vegetables, frozen spinach. And I don't remember if, I think it called for marinated artichoke hearts, but I had frozen artichoke hearts. And I used frozen, which don't have that, you know, that marinade on them. And it still was totally fine. And then you just bring everything together, cook, simmer for another 10 or 15 minutes so that the spinach thaws, that all the flavors come together. Then you're going to finish by adding a little bit of cream cheese and dollops and it kind of melts into the soup. And then you finish with your herbs. In this case, it was dill. And you use two forks to kind of pull the chicken apart. And it was really, really delicious. You serve this one with some chopped scallions, with some a little Parmesan cheese. But again, this is really adaptable. So you can always start with the stock and the wine. You can always start with onions, garlic, and celery, but you can throw in carrots. You can throw in some root vegetables if you want. 
instead of frozen spinach and artichokes, you could add, you know, just frozen spinach. My kids ate around the artichokes. I find their distaste of artichokes irritating. <laughs> but whatever. I, you know, yes, that's, it's very that's rude. for another it's time. It's rude. extremely rude and unwarranted. But, you know, you could put frozen peas in there. You could put whatever. Then instead of cream cheese, you could just use heavy cream. You could use, like, just finish with a little bit of garlic butter, uh, a little sour cream if that's what you have on hand. Instead of dill, you could use parsley. You can use basil. So I just think this is a really nice roadmap for a simple weeknight braise. And you get a nice, light, creamy sauce that still feels hearty and warming because it is still chilly, but isn't, you know, doesn't feel like a heavy winter meal. You're starting to get into some of that spring produce with the green and white color and spinach and artichoke hearts. I'm over here dying because I like your your vibe is like lightness, the the simplicity of things. And I'm like, why did you not serve this in a bread bowl? I don't know why oh. my brain is like, oh, 90s spinach artichoke dip. You, you got to serve that. it in a bread bowl. You could. That sounds like way too much work. I think Oliver would plot. He'd be so excited if I served right? something in a bread bowl. I served it with steamed rice and a salad. Oh, that's like very lovely and totally not what I was. Sorry. Not my vibe. Not what I was thinking of. But that's great. That's so great. Okay. What else did you cook this week? Okay. So I'll run through a like real lazy meal. Like there was one day that I just could not deal. So I had a rotisserie chicken. I pulled off all the meat. I chopped it up. I found at the supermarket and I a while ago, so this has been in my fridge for a while and I cannot find it again, chipotle adobo without the actual chipotles, like a oh, jar of just that yummy the sauce. The adobo sauce, yeah. So Yum. it's a little less spicy, but it's so yummy and all that flavor. You don't like actually- smoky. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So I just sauteed this rotisserie chicken that I chopped up with two cans of drained black beans. I had some fresh pico de gallo. Instead of like chopping an onion or garlic, I was like, pico de gallo, that has chopped onions. It <laughs> I does. Threw it in, I threw it in the pot and used it like I would chopped onions. Like I sauteed the chicken in like a little bit of oil with the pico de gallo. And then I added the beans and then I added the adobo sauce a little bit of broth to like moisten everything up and pull it together so that it was nicely sauced. And that was it. I made a huge batch of this because I cut up the whole chicken because I didn't want the chicken to go bad. And then I made a big batch of quinoa and we just had like chipotle chicken bowls. And then I had some leftovers for my lunch. We finished with more pico de gallo, a little bit of sour cream, avocado, done. I always forget about like that style of bowl, like a taco bowl, burrito bowl, whatever you want to call it. And then when I get back into making them, I go on a jag where I'm like, we're having this once a week because it's totally. such a great, like using up leftovers, using shortcuts. So good. It was so good. It was so easy. I'm going to start my third recipe with a fail because it inspired <laughs> it inspired the proper recipe. Okay. So remember when we had Catherine McCord on and you were like, yeah, but we want to see the lunchbox when it gets home. 
Yes. Right? Like, I feel like that's part of what we want to do. I still feel like, like that. <laughs> yeah, pull back the curtain. I pull have a fail curtain, this week, right? too. Okay. Okay. Oh, good. I'm so excited so to bring hear your it. fail. Because I had a big freaking fail. I don't know what my mood was, but it was something. And I saw a recipe for Salisbury steak on New York Times Cooking by Eric Kim. Salisbury steak seems like such a weird throwback. It's basically a... I just want to call it a hamburger, but it's yeah, like flavored. It's like patty. it's between it's between a hamburger and meatloaf, right? Because there's egg in it and it's a mixture. But instead of baking it like a meat, like a loaf, you make a patty more like a hamburger. And then once you cook the patty, you make a quick mushroom gravy and you pour it on top. And I associate it with mashed potatoes. So I was like, I'm going to make this instead of potatoes. I happen to have cauliflower rice which I never buy. I don't know why I had it. But I was like, oh, I wonder if I can make mashed cauliflower out of cauliflower rice. Went on to kitchen.com and actually you have a recipe for creamy mashed yeah, cauliflower. Yeah, creamy mashed cauliflower. It's one of Ella's favorite side dishes. Okay, right? So I've served it a million years ago. I haven't served it in ages and the kids liked it. They like cauliflower, both of them. And you cut it up. You don't rice it, but you cut it up into small bits, and that's part of your technique. I was like, this is perfect. I have cauliflower rice. So I thought I was making kind of an old-school throwback, like meat and Retro potato. dinner. Yes, totally. Yes. I was kind of into it. And, like, my mood got in the way, and, like, everybody was annoying me. And, like, it just it wasn't ugh, it wasn't the day, but I just was like, I'm going to do this anyway. But then was, like, annoyed that I was doing it and annoyed that I was making dinner. And I'm mixing everything together and multiple things are happening and you rest the meat for a while. So while I'm resting the meat, I'm making the mashed cauliflower and then I take the meat out. I form it into patties and I put it in the pan and like it's falling apart and burning like it was looked like dog food. It was not pleasant. And I was like, what the mm, is going on? I realized I never added the breadcrumbs. Oh, no. Yeah. Like this was not binding. And I had, because I was in a mood, I had crowded my pan, which is something we know you're not supposed to do. And so every, like things were burning. Yeah. You didn't have room to evacuate anything. Totally. Everything yes. was burning and I had used most of the meat mixture. Like I couldn't. So I did add breadcrumbs for the last bit, but that was only like two patties worth of meat left. And I'm, Mike was like, it's okay. Like, it's okay. Like, I don't care. I'll take that. Like, crumbled meat. Like, that's totally fine. Maybe we... He was really trying. He was trying so hard. And I was, like, annoyed your... that he was trying to because mm -hmm. that was my mood. No <laughs> fault of his own. And then, like, I stopped paying attention to the cauliflower and, like, something happened there. And none of it was great. And, like, half of it looked like dog food. Oliver never does this. He was like, mm, I don't really like dinner tonight. <laughs> Period like before blank. he even got to the table, that's he the tried works. it and he was like, I don't really like the beef. I gave him one of the intact patties. I will say that I do think that it's a good recipe and I should give it another go. It was a little heavy on Worcestershire sauce. Like it tasted very much like Worcestershire ground beef. But I had all this other stuff going on, too. So I don't really trust my assessment of the recipe. And then I would put his mushroom gravy on the side because he doesn't really like gravy. He doesn't like mushrooms. Whatever. He saw the whole thing. He took a bite of the cauliflower mash and he was like, mm, it tastes weird today. I know I like cauliflower. Fine. Like he literally barely ate. 
Isaac came home <laughs> and is eating, but he came home a little bit later than so we ate, and then we were already sitting in the living room. And at one point, he's eating his dinner, and he starts convulsing. I don't know. Like Mike was like, "Oh my god, are you okay?" Like Mike got up, thought like, "Is he choking? What's going on?" And when he swallows and speaks, he's like. I got a bite of that. What is this? What is this? <laughs> it was the cauliflower mash. The person is 16 years old. I was like, this is in, this is, this a is like toddler wild behavior. reaction. Yeah. This is a wild, <laughs> wild toddler reaction to mashed cauliflower. He was like, oh my God. Like, <gasps> I was like, please stop. Like, this is already an upsetting disaster for me. Anyway, it was such a bust. Wait, but so, did that inspire something else? Okay. It inspired shepherd's pie, which is a little heavier, a little less springy. Although instead of using just peas and carrots frozen, I used peas, carrots, and green beans. And I feel like that brought in a little bit of spring. We have a recipe. So if you have access to our recipe archive, that's the one you should use. And I'm going to say that I've mentioned shepherd's pie before. It's really quick and easy to make except for the mashed potatoes. So I often use store-bought mashed potatoes as a shortcut. But for our recipe, we played with making mashed potatoes out of baked potatoes. And it does take an hour to bake the potatoes, but we're going to put it in a meal plan with baked potatoes so that you prep them all on one night or even ahead. And then you have them ready to go and mash. Literally, I mashed them with a fork. Like I didn't even want to dirty my masher. So I think with a little bit of planning, and by planning, I mean a willingness to throw potatoes directly onto the rack in your oven and let them cook for an hour. It is a very simple, easy recipe. And March feels like a good time for shepherd's pie. I'm telling you, I think that's interesting that you think of as shepherd's pie. It is comfort food, but I would probably eat shepherd's pie any time of the year. Except yeah, for maybe I mean, like totally. August in the yeah. South. And even yeah. then, if it was made on the grill, I might be talked into it. I love the tip of using store-bought mashed potatoes too, which is something I don't think to do in general for mashed potatoes, but I really should. And I will tell you that I almost, when we were testing the recipe, just to really know and get like my bearings, I almost bought instant mashed potatoes to give them a try, but I didn't really have enough time to do like extraneous development that I didn't think we would use because I'm really curious about how you could doctor instant. So maybe that'll be an update to the recipe at some point because I think they're very affordable. It's just dehydrated potato. It won't have the same if you just add the water and leave it at that, but I bet we can make them tasty. Yeah, with a little bit of heavy cream or half and half and some butter. I have a friend who like almost exclusively does mashed potatoes from a box from dehydrated like unless it's a holiday but like for week- weeknight meals yes i we we should all be doing that okay we okay. might need a whole like potato episode oh yes Stacy, it's getting warmer and the weather has me so ready for a wardrobe update, but I want it to be for the long haul without spending a fortune. Quince is your place. It's not easy to get quality pieces that you can count on to last without investing a ton of money. But at Quince, I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. 
I love the pieces I bought from Quince last year too. I wear my linen pants nonstop. I'm so impressed with what I get for the price, which is 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. And they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Which means it's time to snag their 100% washable silk skirts and camis that I've been eyeing. And don't forget, Quince has the chicest accessories for great prices. Get warm weather ready with us and Quince. Go to quince.com slash D-I-J-F-Y for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash D-I-J-F-Y short for didn't I just feed you. This episode of Didn't I Just Feed You is sponsored by By Heart. Longtime listeners know that Stacy and I both struggled with infant feeding stages with all our kids. Breastfeeding was hard and choosing a formula was, well, also hard. We're thrilled to be working with By Heart, an infant nutrition company on a mission to make the best formula in the world. Not only is By Heart an easy-to-digest formula, their formula is also clinically proven for easier digestion, less spit-up, and softer poops versus leading infant formula. By Heart has their own patented protein blend that includes prebiotics and an 80-20 whey-to-casein ratio, just like in early breast milk, which is tailor-made for a newborn's digestive system. Curious about By Heart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with code D-I-J-F-Y for a limited time. That's byheart.com slash podcast and code D-I-J-F-Y, short for didn't I just feed you. Additional terms and conditions apply. Okay, I'm unsure whether to lead off of, because I cooked two recipes from our recipe archive. But I also had a fail, a fail that involved leaving out an ingredient. Okay. So this is Friday. I am trying to be back on my bread baking bullshit, which also means that I want to do Friday night pizza night at home, like making pizza dough. And I'm I'm not trying to throw you under the bus, Stacey, but I am going to put a little blame on you because it was Friday afternoon. I was making Roberta's pizza dough recipe, which is on New York Times cooking as well, which has been my go-to. I double it to make like four smallish pizzas for our family. And I really love it. It does require double zero flour, which you can easily find at Whole Foods. You can order online, et cetera. But I had measured out everything except for the salt. And then Stacy called me and I was like, oh, I'll just like assemble everything. So I assembled everything. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Then the drama comes later when I pick Ella up from school and she's like, what are we having for dinner tonight? And I said, oh, remember we were talking about pizza. She's like, yes, Domino's. And I was like, no, I made homemade pizza dough and became this whole thing where she was like super annoyed that we weren't having Domino's, that we were having homemade pizza. I made beautiful like a veggie pizza I did like caramelized onions and sausage for Brian because that's his favorite I had the mini pepperonis which my family loves to make the pizzas and I should have known something was wrong when they weren't like getting as brown as they should have in my oven because I use my oven and a pizza steel and you like turn the oven on 500 degrees and then you also turn the broiler on to sort of mimic like a wood-fired stove and get it like really hot and make really crispy pizza. I should have known when they were not browning as they should have that something was wrong, but I went ahead anyways 
And I took the first pizza out of the oven and was like, something is wrong. I totally biffed it on the salt. The salt did not make it into the pizza dough. And we ended up ordering Domino's. So there you go. I did throw a fit first because I was like super annoyed about some other stuff going on in our house. I like went into the other room and cried because I was like, I just want to be good at making pizza. Like, (laughs) I don't know. I I like identify as a baker and like, why can't I make pizza at home? It's so dumb. It's so dumb. I have to be honest. You don't make pizza at home. I know. No, not that. I don't. Like, I'm surprised that the salt made it that was that problematic. Yeah, it's like a lot because it's like kind of a lot of salt. And the pizza dough is literally like flour, Flour water, water. Mm -hmm. olive oil. Yep. And yeast. And that's it. And yeast contribute and the salt um, contributes to like the yeast activation. It It sort of like controls it. So what happens and why it doesn't brown as much. It didn't get like those nice airy bubbles and soft texture and browning. But also without the salt to sort of like temper the yeast activity, the yeast will just eat up all the sugar that's available in the flour. And then that's why you don't get as much browning. So the sugar is gone. Fail. The sugar is gone. I'm going to try again this week. <sighs> just, are you prepared that she's just going to want Domino's? Yeah, we can have pizza more than once a week and we can have Domino's another time. All but right. Like, but she's going to want Domino's know. when you serve her the homemade just be okay, mentally well, prepared. I don't, I could also be talked, <laughs> on a Friday night, I could also be talked into, I'll just make a single batch of the pizza dough, make pizza for myself. Yeah, there you go. And freeze a naked but baked pizza yeah. dough for future future use. If it's good, if I remember the salt. Okay, so do you, you don't freeze pizza rounds? When I did, I used to make pizza at home. Uh-uh. Sometimes. But I would freeze the rounds. I'm and, just thinking about the ease of like getting my oven that hot and like yeah. having my pizza steel in there. I'm like, I feel like it would be silly to do just one pizza for myself. But if I did a pizza for myself and a future pizza. Okay, so how do you do it? Tell every Walk everybody through. You stretch it out. You get it into shape. You do not top it with anything. You can though. People do do that, but that would require like a cake round or something to support it. And then you you could just freeze it totally unbaked. I like to put like, just like you said, put it on the pizza peel, shape it, bake it for like half the time, which with the pizza steel, it's like only eight minutes for yeah. a fully full pizza. So like four minutes and it's going to be kind of pale And then I'll just cool it completely and wrap it probably in plastic wrap and then foil to protect it and freeze it in my freezer. Okay. Until for juice. And then I might not even really need to thaw it very much to put toppings on it and put it in the oven to finish cooking. Nice. Beautiful. Okay. So that was a fail. What are the other, what are the successes? On the other side of the spectrum... I made our shrimp scampi by request of Brian, who is having like some seasonal allergies. And he's like, you know, it'd be so good to clear out my sinuses, like lots of garlic, lots of red pepper. Can we do shrimp scampi? And the only thing that I did different from the recipe as it's written in our Didn't I Just Feed You archives is that I like super thinly sliced some lemon pieces and let them saute in the butter like as it was melting. And... They got so caramelized. I can't even like, it was a dream. Oh, Eating the finished shrimp scampi now. over pasta where you get this like little bites of 
sweet but bitter lemon is like yes. a little bit chewy contrast to the like <gasps> butter and bright lemon flavor. So, so good. Oh, I love it. I need to make that tonight. Yes, you do. It really is such a good, good recipe. And I, you know how at the beginning of the year we did the like what's in and what's out for 2023 and we said like two ingredient salads are in? Yeah. I literally just did like the little gems lettuce that's like red and it's very tender. I literally just did that with the lemon miso dressing from Not Just Co. And actually my kids both tried it. I'm not saying that they loved it, but they both tried it. And so simple salads for the win as simple a Simple salads. And then I also cooked our sheet pan sausage and cabbage where you like roast the cabbage on the sheet pan along with a piece, a round of kielbasa that you can hassle back, you know, like slice it. So it gets like really crispy edges. And I... Did serve again being back on my baking bullshit. I did make soft pretzels to go with that and skipped our little like creamy horseradish sauce in favor of like just having mustard for dipping. Nice. It was so good. I love I anytime I can make pretzels for dinner, but I just want to mention, and maybe we can share it in the community if we haven't already, that I I did develop a shortcut pretzel recipe that uses pizza dough. But still, like, so you can make pretzel bites um, for, like, a local magazine here. So let me see if we can get access to it. And that would I will be share awesome. that as well. And I have a hot, 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 hot tip that you sent to me on Instagram. Someone shared that Korean rice cakes in the oh, air fryer yeah. are like soft pretzels. And it I was Jennifer Zeman. Zeman. Yeah. And I yeah. wrote to Jennifer and I was like, I don't mean to make more labor for you because I get it, but I absolutely need more details if you can spare them. <laughs> like, I need that. And she said that basically if they're frozen, soak them to thaw and then put them in the air fryer and then toss them with stuff. And I can't, like, just salt if you want. Yeah. But it can be like gojujang or like spicy salt or something. I cannot wait to try this. I was thinking like a mustard. Is there such thing as mustard salt? I mean, I know there's dry mustard powder, but that would be so, so good, too. If you're yeah, going for that. Yeah. Pretzel. Ranch seasoning. Yeah. Oh, yum. All right. So I'm here for all the soft pretzel shortcuts. Okay. We will share them. And then last shout out. I feel like I've definitely mentioned this many times in what we're cooking and eating now episodes because it's just one that I love. Your chicken salt and boca from Winner Winner Chicken Dinner with roasted garden nera, which is from Make It Easy and Garlic It's a billis meal. A billis meal. And I know you ate some of those leftover roast yeah, vegetables. I ate them on a call this week. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I really do love them. And it's really just like roasted cauliflower yeah. and peppers. But then there's also like celery and carrots. Yeah. And this is really yummy and good to eat cold as leftovers. Love too. it. I loved it so, so much. And the much kids, good food. Both my kids really do like that. I think the garlic bread is a good incentive because there's like all the stuff yeah, to sop up the, the sauce from the chicken salt and boca and the roasted veggies. Beautiful. So, so good. Okay. 
you can get all the recipe links mentioned here by visiting our free community. If you haven't joined us there yet, why not join for free? <laughs> yell at them, I just yell at I know I'm going to join us for free at didn't I just feed you.com backslash community. Or if you want those bonus episodes and other goodies, join our supporting community. Follow us on Instagram where we are at didn't I just feed you. A humongous thank you to our producer, Samantha Gatsik. I'm Stacy. And I'm Megan. Stay sane and well fed. Until next time. Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable. With stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft. Made to last. Shop now at hannahanderson.com.